Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, Director of Sales for Bonus Esops. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bonus Training. And we have a special guest with us today. Oh boy, do we ever. Yes, sir. I'm like, I, I, I've been waiting to do this for a long time, and I'm so I'm glad he could finally make the time. Uh, we have Matt Garcia with us here today with Craftsman Hardwood Floors. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing great. Good. Um, just as by way of introduction, um, I, I just Matt is a, I know he's a third generation hardwood floor man. He's uh, uh, from California, uh, who now works in, uh, has a business in San Angelo, Texas. That's West Texas, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're right in the heart of West Texas. Yep. And, uh, you know, as my old boss used to say, uh, in this life, there are passengers and there's drivers. And in this industry, uh, you're a driver. You uh, have your hands on a lot of stuff. I see you on social media. You you give back a lot of knowledge and you're always, you seem like you have a thirst for knowledge of, of working on your business as well as the craft. Certainly on the craft side, you've, uh, you've got about the highest ladders you can get because uh, brace yourself for a minute here, uh, Rob. Oh uh, no, here we go. Wait, wait, are you talking about the first time we met that, that glorious moment? Well, that's, that's true. For a lot of people, that's the case, but, um, uh, Rob, he won a floor of the year. Cue the oh, music. good. So, um, yeah, I hear the music. Uh, can you hear it? Uh, actually, I don't know if I yeah. can hear it. You know, I think yeah. you can only hear it if you've won it. Oh, he won it. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You oh, won so it. You, he so won you it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that, that, that was the first time I had met you in person. Rob was actually waiting in line so that we could receive our trophies. That's well, the first time I met you in person. Did you, you guys won the same year? Yep. Uh, I think it was the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, um, um, you know, whenever I ask Chris to to cue the music when another floor of the year winner wins, I have him turn the volume down a little bit lower than. than (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can leave it up since we had both won in the same year. That was was especially tough year to win them too. So, I mean. You know. Well, I'm I'm glad I wasn't in your category, so uh, it made <laughs> life easy for me. Uh, listen, the reason why we have you on today is um, you and I were talking, and uh, and you said, "Gosh, you know, I just came out with an article. Maybe that's something we ought to talk about." And and it's um, uh, breaking the uh, tradesman's curse using processes and you know workplace culture. We're going to talk about workplace culture and, and employee retention and stuff like that. So why don't we first start it with what is the uh, tradesman's curse? You know, um, the light bulb went off in my head. I had read uh, Profit First for Contractors, and they talked a lot about how so many craftsmen do really great work, and they, they produce a phenomenal product. I mean, their, their clients are happier than the average person. You know, they're just, they're exceptionally good at what they do. And so they say, hey, I should start a business. You know, I should, I'm doing it better than everybody else, right? So, you know, why can't I be the person that, you know, uh, makes the sale and, um, you know, sells the product and has people that can do the work and, you know, I can build a business on it. And, um, and even E-Myth uh, is, a, is another book that, you know, goes into great detail about that same phenomenon where people that are really good at what they do get into the business of doing it because there's a great opportunity. I mean, they, if they could duplicate what they did, they're going to have an amazing business. But usually what ends up happening is they realize it's a lot less about 
what you produce than how you make it happen in the first place, you know, like the, your team that you're building. And um, it's a, just a totally different skill set than the actual craft itself. And so for me, I was, I mean, it pinned me. I mean, it, it was a dead ringer for where I was at because I had passion for it. I loved it. You know, really what my driving motivation was, you know, I always had an employee or two, but I wanted them to be, extremely successful, you know, um, you know, and I wanted to be successful and I had a lot of clients. So I, we just couldn't get to all of our clients. So the natural next step is to expand. And so, you know, that's, that was a big motivation of mine was, okay, you know, how do I make this work? Because I mean, it's not all roses on the side of my business. I mean, I was one of the guys and this happens and this is the, the epitome of the tradesman's curse is that you expand and it gets overwhelming and it gets a headache and you push and you push and it push and it just does not get better. And then you fire everybody <laughs> and you go back to square one until you can muster it up to try it again. And for me, it's like, wow, like this is a known phenomenon. Like this is not something that it just happened to me. This is something that there's answers to. So that, I mean, that's really where that came from. And you, you burn yourself out in that phase. You know, when you do that, you know, you're grinding and grinding and grinding so much and it's not happening or whatever. And then, and then, um, and then you just, they, I think guys just kind of get burned out and go back to, you know, like you said, going back to w one guy, an apprentice or whatever, or, or scaling back down. When you read the E-Myth book, um, like I, I read the same book and I've told Rob this, I've said it on the podcast before. At, when I was reading that book, like every page I was turning, I was getting sicker to my stomach because that was me in that book. I mean, just nailed me, man. And uh, that was one of the most eye-opening things I've ever read and, and uh, kind of changed my my uh, direction as a floor guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that that's exactly where I was. And I, you know, I had discussions with my wife where I'm just going, it it works so great, you know, when it was just me and, a, and, a, and, and one crew, basically. And I'm like, why? is it such a struggle and why are we having such a hard time making profit now that we're three times the size, mm -hmm. you know, it just, the math quit working, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's, that's where I, I just, I'm stubborn though. <laughs> and I like to problem solve. And that was, this probably was the, the biggest problem I felt like I ever tried to solve, um, in my life, probably just because, um, I mean, some people are just naturally gifted at business and I felt like I had a knack for it, but at a certain level and anything beyond that was, you know, really it's my, it's my team. Like I cannot, I cannot keep up with the team until you, when the team outgrows me basically. And, and it's like, I, at that point I had a showroom and, you know, I had all the infrastructure and a lot of money going out and, you know, salespeople, you know, how I want to be a salesperson. And I mean, there's so many people that were riding on me figuring out how to make this thing work. I mean, just lots of yeah. families and, you know, and I'm just, the pressure was just like, oh my gosh. And it's just, I mean, I, I spent about two years getting coaching, getting mentorship, getting, you know, I hired coaches. I was in masterminds and all I'm just like, I've got to figure this out. I, like, I'm going to die on this hill <laughs> before <laughs> I let this go to crap, basically, you know? And that's where I just started realizing, wow, like, I mean, my, what I hope 
to be able to do, you know, I might be that guy that's just on a soapbox my whole life, but <laughs> is just say, you know, like, let's create a better way. Let's create a new standard. Like let's redefine what success is like in this business because there's other, I've been studying other trade models. Like there's just, you know, HVAC plumbing electricians. There's some really great plug and play models that if you really dig in, you could tap into a lot of tools and resources that you can start building out your structure. Yeah. And for me, I'm just going, Oh my gosh, like this is what I need. And I'm, and, you know, so I'm building that for my company to be successful but honestly i just want to spread that spark you know of like wow no there is a better way of doing things it's going to take a mindset shift yeah. and it's going to take some effort but we can create a new normal for this industry i mean i fully believe we can there's just there's so much opportunity i feel like in the wood flooring industry i mean think about when you take when they take poles wood flooring is the number one most desired wood floor yeah that people want in their forever home right and yeah. how many of those people are not getting that? They're going to vinyls and tiles because I feel like they're not getting sold, like the value of it. You know what I mean? Like the whole package, you know, like just the way it's presented, the beauty. I mean, I feel like it's just, I mean, for us, it's become a no brainer. You know, nobody's really trying to go for that market yeah. anyways, um, as far as like really selling it. And the, you see the companies that they do and they're super successful. Yeah, no question. Um, and, uh, there's just more and more articles keep coming out. In fact, a couple I read in the last couple of days about, uh, uh, the quality and the value of hardwood floors versus, uh, one of those plastic floors and what have you. And, and the, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the sustainability and everything that goes into that and the lifetime value of them. I mean, it's just, it's, an, it's, it's, it's a no brainer, but, uh, so I got a couple questions for you and I know Rob does too. Um, you said you hired a CFO, a co like a coach. And how, how was that for you? And, and, uh, cause I, I would think that when you do that at first, it's gotta be like, Oh shit, oh, shoot. I'm opening up my business to somebody, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty tough to do. I would imagine. Uh, but so when you make, kind of explain that process and, and what benefit, if any, that you got out of that. Um, the way that that happened is we, we hired a bookkeeper, and they could do taxes and things like that. And once we really uh, saw what they could provide for us, we just, we went for the full package. And um, a little bit after we had done that, um, they opened up CFO coaching. And I'm going, wow, like they handle our books, they do our taxes. I mean, what better person? Uh, and, and we had had meetings with them. And I just, the guy was just, uh, had a great business sense about him. And so I just said, hey, this, we, we, we need this, like we're, we're doing a lot of revenue for the profit that we're, we're, that we're receiving. And um, I just, I need, I need to get vulnerable and just say, Hey, you know, I, I don't care. Just, just tell me what's going on. Like, you yeah. know, hand it to me. And, uh, and he was, I mean, he is a very no nonsense guy. I mean, he is straight to business. Right. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he opened up all of our books and I mean, he looked at our accounts receivables. He asked us a bunch of questions about what was going on. And I mean, he gave us some homework to do, you know, he's like, Hey, you guys are reactionary. You guys, um, you know, you can't predict what's going on. Um, and, and on top of that, you are, he, he basically told us, Hey, I, I work with all different types of business construction and retail and technology company, all this kind of stuff. Right. And he goes, construction is the most, most difficult type of business to cash flow with. He's like, you guys just have a, a, a different level. He's like, think about me. I get paid in advance for all my services. 
I don't have nearly a cash flow server. You know, you guys are expected to do so much and, you know, get net thirties and then they laid on top of that. And that, you know what I mean? And, yep. and then you're trying to buy inventories and things like that. And so um, he basically went, he said, you have to game it in your favor. And so we, you know, redid our contracts. We got as much up front as we could. We uh, got net 30 up with our distributors, you know, just, we're just trying to tighten those, those cash flow loops. Um, you know, we paid commissions, you know, like kind of like the next month so we could collect, you know what I mean? We yeah. basically, that was the big takeaway for us was cash flow and, and projection so that we're not reactionary. Cause that, that's what was killing us. We just, we didn't know when we should buy another pallet of, adhe- of adhesive, you know what I mean? Because we're like, Oh, you know, what's now, now we know like three months ahead. Okay. This is how much we're going to need. This is how much we got the, you know, our account's going to look, we, now we know what our account's going to look like in three months. Right. And then we strategically start, you know, purchasing our inventories and things like that. And I mean, Oh my gosh, once we started developing those tools to do that, he got us on track. I mean, now we're just like, I don't stress out, you know, worrying like, Oh, did I make the right choice? Did I, you know, should I have bought yeah. that piece of equipment or, you know, any yeah. of that kind of stuff. So that's where it became the game changer. So is that the new deal, Wayne? What's that? You, you buy a pallet of adhesive, you get a shot on the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's the new, uh, that's the bar. The, the bar yeah, set yeah, now. Yeah, huh? yeah. So. Okay. Everybody, you heard it here first. <laughs> Buy a pallet adhesive, you're on the show. Uh, oh, man, you, you don't know what I got to do if I got to get on the show twice. Oh, man. It's <laughs> no, exactly. Well, you know, truckloads are always nice. Yeah. You know, I know. I'm just going, man, how do, am I ever going to get back on? If you do multiple truckloads, you might even put your name on the show. It could be <laughs> Wayne, Wayne and Matt. There you go. <laughs> so um, I'm interested in this um, reactionary versus being proactive. Uh, on that is uh, that all having to do with the finance end of it how you buy how you get your 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 uh, your money up from the from the from the uh the clients is that mostly what that entails yeah um what our cfo coach told us is uh creating uh lead lead measures versus lag measures because what we were doing is looking at our profit and loss and that tells us what already happened like over a month ago mm-hmm. so what we're doing now is um, we, we have a, a cash flow projection spreadsheet that we can project out several months. So all of our expenses are inputted into there. So we know, hey, this is our normal operating costs. This is all the you know types of costs that we can put in there. And then what we do is we look at our schedule. So it's a little bit of really, it's as much information as we can get because there's so much information that we took it for granted that we actually could utilize. So once you created the, uh, the, the calendar spreadsheet, uh, we could start, you know, saying, Oh, this project is going to go uh, on this month. This project isn't for another three months. This, you know what I mean? So what we did yeah. is we start building out when we're going to be, so we're putting in whenever we get the deposits to schedule mm-hmm. the job. And then we know about when we're going to receive that. Right. So, yeah. and then what I could do too is, uh, you know, if I really want to buy that pallet adhesive a little earlier, maybe there's a job that I could shift around. Uh-huh. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I go, oh, great. Like, I just rearranged the schedule. Not, so I'm not just thinking in my head, oh, you know, how am I going to schedule this thing on one front? Now I'm looking at it going, wow, if I could really, you know, and you can't always do that, but sometimes yeah. we have variabilities with things. We have projects that are, you know, um, you know, we can do that kind of thing with. But what I do is I start tweaking things around to where our cash flow is nice and steady. 
that's what I want to just smooth. And so it really, that's where a lot of that reactionary, because part of it too is, is uh, we're tracking, we're project, we're, we're tracking all of our projects too, like the, the, uh, the profitability of all of them. And that helps us to be less reactionary too, because, yeah. you know, what I do is I, each month I use the next month to actually figure out how I want to estimate better. Right. You know, if I realize, ah, this one could have been better, this one was great. You know what I mean? I go mm -hmm. through them all. And then I start, so it's like a tighter feedback loop. So those yeah. are all like lag measures that you can yeah. do. So you start, you know, tightening yeah. your feedback loop and then projecting out better uh, in the future. And really what it is, because you can, you can live two ways. You can either react to everything or you can be ahead of the curve on as many things as you can. And it really changes your attitude and your demeanor and your confidence, I would say. So you, when you're doing this, you got to jump in and go down that rabbit hole, right? And I would imagine mm -hmm. that it, this is really like totally changed your, your, even your role in the business, uh, I would think. Um, yeah. How much time is it managing the business now versus being on job sites? Um, I'm a craftsman at heart. So mm -hmm. I love the craftsman side. And, um, but right now, I mean, I'm probably maybe, 10%, 10 to 20% maybe at times um, in the field. Um, sometimes I'm not at all some weeks. Um, I, what I really try to do, I love the custom end of it. So I strategically will schedule like the real custom intricate stuff. I, that's what I prefer to do anyways. And, uh, and I'll be more so on those types of projects. But if it's, if it's just, if it's a normal restand or just a new install, that's, you know, nothing really, you know, crazy then uh, I tend to not really be managing much. I'm really working my, my, this is, I'll just tell you my end game. That's so that the business functions as much on it uh, as it can on its own. Yep. That way I can go get in the field as much as I want. Cause that's, that's really where my heart is. But I, I have grown a passion for business building just because uh, I've become a complete nerd in the process. Well, with the E-Myth book, I think that's one of the lessons is that, you know, your, your company is successful. It's been 15 years or probably 20 years since I read it, but is, you know, your company successful when it can run without you. And so I, I think that's a an interesting concept in our, you know, we're so hands-on in this, in this industry, it seems like. Um, Why'd you make the move to Texas? Wayne was saying it was witness protection. I didn't believe that. <laughs> uh, my wife was actually living in Kenya and I was living in California when I met her. She's a, a nurse for a children's home there. And she's just like the sweetest person in the world. Um, and uh, she'd been there for two years. And uh, we, she had a friend, mutual friend that was in California. And we met on one of her visits, renewing her visa. And uh, we uh, hit it off. We were married within a year of meeting each other. And uh, we lived in California for five years. And once we started having kids, all her family was in Texas. And it just, there was just a lot of opportunity in this, you know, I've been visiting for years and I go, you know, go to all the flooring places and try to find other standing, you know, just kind of yeah, get a grid yeah. on what's going on. And I was going, Oh my gosh, all the, I mean, literally almost all the original floor sanders in this town were, were either retired or had died wow. and everybody's going, Oh yeah, nobody does that around here anymore. I'm going, <laughs> Oh wow. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is great. There's not even a specialty wood flooring company in town. You know, and it's it's been a huge opportunity for us. Uh, so you you're you started from scratch again. 
So that, that you yeah, know, oh yeah, moving to a place with uh, and so maybe talk about that. And the reason I ask you this question is, you see people moving around a lot more, and uh, with COVID and everything, people are moving all all over the place and starting up in different areas. So maybe talk just a little bit about that, starting from nobody knows who I am, and I'm putting my shingle out. A total gut punch. I mean, like, so. I'm third generation on the install side. I'm actually very new relatively in the, uh, I've only been sanding and finishing for about nine years or so. Uh, I've been around sanding fishing. I had uncles that did it and stuff, but my dad, he did, he just did install. So that's just what I did. And, um, but we had a great reputation um, in California where we're at. And so I could ride the coattails of my dad (laughs) Um, and just, I just always had it. I took it for granted how great I had it just being able, and I was a quality person. So they were just like, Oh, great. Tom's son. And he's producing, you know? Yeah. Just a gimme. And I got here just thinking, Oh man, I give me three months and I'll light light it up. It was a year of shaking (laughs) crap and just people just, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. I'm just going, Holy moly. This is what it's like. Like this is the real world here. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was, because uh, I had big dreams coming here um, to basically, you know, build a sh- full, a full, you know, showroom, warehouse, inventory, you know, I mean, all the whole bang. And I'm just going, wow, I need to extend my goal timeline a little bit here. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was rough. What, what's the population of San Angelo? It, it's not a big city, is it? It's a hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But there's nothing around. I was going to say, so, I mean, Abilene Angel- is the nearest place. Uh, where Abilene? Yeah, and Abilene's about one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah, I uh, I look I look on the map. I mean, uh, there's San Angelo, and there's nothing else around that area. It's very much desolate. Yeah, yeah, you know that it's an interesting place. Though we're not too far from the Permian Basin, and I mean, we we've done projects for billionaires wow. out here. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, there's just some extreme wealth and i mean it's not even just from oil there's just there's a ton of energy and a lot of other businesses um in the area and so it's you know even even though it's not a big area it's sizable enough and there's enough affluence i mean you wouldn't know it though i mean you you drive through west texas and i mean these billionaire homes you you can't even see them from the road (laughs) i mean it's there are massive ranches and things it's just it's honestly blew my mind when i started realizing that wow um, so in your, in your, uh, process and everything, uh, how do you balance also the, uh, the, the quality versus production, you know, the quantity yeah. of work that you're doing versus the, say the quality of the, the amount of work that you're doing? Yeah. You know, we created a performance pay system. And one of the reasons we did that is because our productivity was really low and our quality was very high. And I had always been a subcontractor and I just intrinsically was wired to, you know, do quality and produce at the same time. I mean, that's, you know, that's the best you can do when you're subcontracting. And um, my, uh, my employee, you know, I had trained all of them on hourly and it was just, it would just kill me. (laughs) They they just, they honestly just did not get, they'd always been on hourly with me. And so we basically, now we do, uh, they, they do get an hourly wage as an employee, but um, we have a, um, a bonus system now that rewards on productivity. 
And so for us, we we just needed productivity for the most part. Like we had such a qual- quality culture, which is a little yeah. bit opposite of what a lot of companies have. But um, that's what we in, we incentivize. But now that we've been running that that performance based system, which I mean, my my employees are just I mean, they're making more than they've ever made before. I mean, we we paid out like fifteen thousand dollars in bonuses last month, that's and one guy got like yeah, one guy got four grand on top, and that's on top of their wages. And uh, he went out, bought a new truck. I mean, I, I've just never seen my team. So, and granted, that was a unicorn project. Like, yeah, but still. But it just, it just showed. And, and honestly, the, the, it's set up to where the, if they get a bonus, that means that the company is making more too. Yeah. So okay. I can confidently know if I pay a bonus, they earned it through efficiency and productivity, right? You know, uh, but th- that is the other part too. You can't have a performance-based system without quality standards. And so, you know, we have systems set in place where it's, you know, hey, we are monitoring. For one, we want to have a culture of quality. We, we don't want you to just do it because we want you to have quality because you believe that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then number two, um, um, we are, you know, trust bet verify system. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we're not going to be paying out these nice bonuses if the quality is not there. You got to meet at least our company standards. And that's one of the things, too, that I, the, one of the best ideas I ever heard was when you're creating quality standards for your company, get your whole team in the room and have them start talking about what the quality standards should be. That uh, way you're not dictating it off yeah. to them, you know, because, yeah. hey, you got a lot of buy-in. If you say, yeah, that would be, you left, you know, these yep. machine marks in the floor, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> just yes. like, oh, man, I said that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, if anybody says they see machine marks, well, shoot. Um, yep. <laughs> I better, you know, I better have the buy-in. That must mean the crews are kind of policing themselves then. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that that's the the biggest thing. And that's why we started tracking things with our performance pay system makes it impersonal, right? It's, it's just, Hey, look, let's look at the numbers. You know, uh, if we get a call back or we get a complaint or we just maybe notice some things that is not up to our standards, you know, maybe, maybe it's like passable, but we're like, Hey, that, that doesn't represent our company. Or maybe you really do, you know, need to do a resand because of quality or some sort of issue that you just dropped the ball on. Well, Hey, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? Nobody, we have to operate as a team the yeah. way that we have it set up. It's really, we've had these conversations. The way that we have our, our whole system set up is I can't win if you don't win. Your colleague can't win if you don't win. You know what I mean? We all yeah. have to put our ego aside and help each other out, boost each other up and all that kind of thing. And I feel like that's one of our strongest, um, uh, uh, the, the strongest reasons why people want to work for us right now is because, you know, like, especially when those guys got that bonus like that and the inner, and they're also too, we created a beautiful project on top of that. So wow. on one yeah. level they're going, man, we knocked it out. It was a yeah. church with a beautiful stage and all this stuff. We knocked nice. it out of the park and look at our bank account now. Right, you, right. You know what I mean? And think about if somebody's looking for a job, what those people are going to tell them after after yeah, that experience. No doubt. And, you know, if you don't have a, a process in place and system in place and standards or whatever that everybody's on the same page with, like you want to be mad at the guys for doing their own thing, but you can't. You know what I mean? If, if they don't have a, a, a kind of a regimented a, a system in place. Uh, so... Um, for me, I just, I used to tell the guys, look, I, you know what my standards are in the quality and that's what you need to do. And if it takes longer than I thought, then that's my fault. 
and I'll deal with that. Yeah. I bit I bit the job wrong and whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I like your style for that. Um, so yeah. let's talk exactly. since since we talked a little bit about that uh, uh, employee retention uh, and keeping guys with. Uh, so there's two th- cool things that happened there. You worked on that church, which everybody, uh, if you're if you're in this trade, you get a great sense of satisfaction from turning out a killer project. I mean, that alone is a, a lot of satisfaction. That, and then a bonus structure too. I imagine that helps with your your uh, your retention rate. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, we've been in a, an environment with the economy where inflation is really hitting people's paycheck. You know, the bottom line. You know, they're they're might be getting the same pay or maybe a little better but everything's costing so much more. So, I mean, we're all feeling it, you know, and, and that, that's what I'm going. I have got to put more money in these guys' pockets, but the problem was, is we just weren't making the profit, um, you know, to justify it. I mean, I can't, there's no use in paying them more if we're going to, you know, make, not make it right. And so um, that's, you know, with that system, it gave us that stability and, and allowed them to succeed. So basically for our, for our retention side of it, we're telling a story, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm transparent with the guys, like guys, like we struggle to make payroll at times, you know what I mean? Like, but I told I'm fighting for you guys. We're going to figure this out. Like, I know that there's a lot more when I could manage things on my own, we were a lot more productive and we still had high quality. Right. So I knew it could happen, but a lot of my guys were starting to tell me, which blew my mind was they say, they're basically telling me, I don't know what produces the most value for the company. (laughs) Mm. I'm just going like, how would you not know that? Yeah. And and I started realizing, well, they get paid by the hour. (laughs) You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, they don't really know. So like part of what brings value to the company is, is uh is quality and things like that so i believe i believe that employee retention has to come from that culture so yeah. i'm kind of like roundabout getting back to culture but a lot of those things that we implemented changed attitudes it changed their motivation um they're looking out more for each other now um you know in part of it too it's not like we're just high-fiving and you know <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah. and kumbaya on the job part mm-hmm. of it is actually we have things set up to where if I have an apprentice, right. And they see stuff going on the job that shouldn't happen. I've empowered them to say something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like let's call out the, right. Because it doesn't help you. It doesn't help them. I'm transparent with my numbers, right. I can see it. If so, if, if there was like something not right going on, like, like actually one of the guys was having a personal issue, right. And he was on his phone and he's doing things like that. Well, it showed up on the bonuses, right? And it was a journeyman and he had an apprentice with him. Well, guess what happened that next month? Apprentice comes to me and he says, you know, I'm seeing a correlation when he gets in these moods yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He's doing this and this. This is what happens to my potential. Right. And I, I, I have goals and ambitions. And I'm like, that yeah. is the best thing you could have ever said to me right now. Yep. I don't want to have a conversation about how I should, you, why you deserve all this extra money, right? Yeah. I want you to come to me with like, you're starting to re- realize what's yeah. going on here. Right. And I'm going, that is a game changer in our company. I just could not believe that, you know, I never had anything quite that level happen. I'm just going, man, I, I believe you. I can see it on the numbers. 
I've wondered why stuff wasn't getting done like it should. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I go have a, a meeting with the journeyman. And he goes, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm just telling the numbers. It ain't personal. I'm, right. If, I, if I'm going, hey, you know, you're slacking off and you're doing this and this and this, right? It's going to get defensive. I'm just saying, hey, yeah. look at these numbers. Yeah. Like, I could see this. And, and the apprentice is telling me that this all lines up with, you know, you being on your phone and being distracted and all these things. I was like, you know, and, and you're taking too long of breaks. Like, yep. you know, and I basically told him, you're not stealing from me. You're stealing from this young guy yeah. right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you do that, I was like, you need to be clear with him. It, hey, if you got something going on, you need to clock out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take care of your business. That way it's not affecting things. And, and it's like, wow. So it's not just like, oh, we're just, you know, doing, you know, trust falls right, and right. stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, we're literally, we're, 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 we're enthusiastic about the opportunities, right? But we're also uh, being real about w- with each other. We're being honest and we're cutting, basically. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to keep, eliminate the toxicity. Well, and when you're holding everybody to a certain standard, a company standard, you know what I mean? It makes it across the board. And I, I actually think it speaks a lot about uh, to your integrity that um, that you'll give bonuses and that type of stuff. And you're, look, you're trying to look out for your team as well as yourself. I mean, you owe it to yourself. You need to turn a profit to keep the business going. You, that's just the way it is. You got to keep the lights on. And there's so many things employees don't see. There's taxes yeah. and all these hidden costs that employee looks at, at numbers and they don't see all the hundred things that go against it. So to be able to incentivize them and put a, a bonus program like that together, I really think it speaks a lot about your, uh, to your integrity and, uh, and your vision of where the company's going to go. So that's pretty cool. It keeps all yeah. the, uh, it keeps all the distractions of guys coming to you like, Hey, I think I want to race. Oh, you want to race? Here's how you do it. Yeah. You can make your own. Money oh yeah. Here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's create a game plan. Hey, yeah. yeah, I'm all that. Let's let's see your race. Yeah, this I want you to make more money. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, does that work? Whole let's different opportunity. Absolutely. Hey, to get back to coaching a little bit, what was the uh, the masterminds group? Yeah, um, a buddy of mine, uh, Kyle Hadine, uh with uh, Floor Academy. Um, he's got uh, masterminds, and, and it's actually pretty neat because it's not just you know wood flooring in general. There's uh, you know tile companies. There's uh, you know more general flooring dealers. Uh, there's commercial flooring dealers. You know what I mean? And, and companies you know that that just do labor. Um, it's really you know multi million dollar companies to somebody wow. that's just trying to get uh, 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 the next guy to you know what I mean? And and uh, that was that was really neat because you're, you're really seeing the everyday struggle talking about, you know, Hey, I, I'm not, I don't want to settle for a rat right now. And, um, and you know, I want to move, uh, I want to grow what I got going on. I want it to be the most successful version of what I want to do. And so that was, that was really neat. Cause I've done like, like BNI type stuff, um, you know, and, and, and I thought that that was great, but you know, I really did enjoy being with, uh, um, it, it was actually a really good combination doing the CFO coaching. And then the mastermind, because I'm going from, hey, business is business, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. blah, 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 to mm-hmm. how is my business unique, like in the flooring world and just seeing how other people are doing, you know, how are people managing their schedules? How are they managing the stress? You know, how are they managing when they got to let somebody go? How, you know what I mean? And hearing that, it's just going, oh, wow. Like, okay, I'm not, for one, I'm not alone. Number two, it's like, you know, I'm getting better every time I take these meetings because I get new ideas. Um, and, and ways to handle things. So what would you say to, what advice would you give to a guy or what that, that say he's struggling 
He's trying to find his way, trying to find a process, trying to find, you know, getting ready to go through what you've gone through in this last several years in this business and what have you. What advice would you give to that, that, that one person? You know, I mean, just on a personal note, I would say reach out to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I can, you know, I'll help you try to, you know, figure out where you need to go, what the next step is. Uh, and the other thing I would say, you know, is to invest into, well, actually the first thing I would do is get a bookkeeper because usually any coach, that's what they're going to tell you to do anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hire out your books. It ain't worth it. Like there's yeah. very inexpensive ways that you could do that. Right. And then the next thing I would do is I would try to plug them into uh, so, some sort of coaching or type of group, you know, um, really um, anything that you can start that is business oriented, that is a group. My masterminds are probably the best place to start because then, you know, a coach can work more with you, you know, after you've done that. But w- what I would say is the biggest thing that people don't realize it's, it's the mind mindset shift that has yeah. to happen first, right? You got to decide. And, and this is the other thing that I'll touch on too. Um, there is nothing wrong with being a self-employed owner operator craftsman. You know, if I didn't have the desire to do what I'm doing, I would be 100% content, you know, being a craftsman, self-employed person. So really I'm not this, you are not less of a person if you are in that category. I have great respect. That's a great life. I mean, that's a great, I still say, you know, invest and do all the due diligence financially, but you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to run employees and all this time. This is for the people that want to build something that they could sell later on. You know what I mean? They want to, they have a passion to make other people successful. You know what I mean? They want to make as many clients as happy as possible. They, you know what I mean? They have a desire to grow an organization like that. That's, that's what I, this is not to demean anybody else. And that's a, that's a great point that, yeah, this is just for guys that are in this, in this, maybe this path. Uh, that there, because like you said, there's nothing wrong with having one guy an apprentice, and that's your life. Not a damn thing wrong with that. Um, so, um, what would you, if you look back and say, see uh, a young uh, Matt Garcia, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, and could give that kid advice, uh, you know, what what would you say to that that kid coming up in the trades? What you've learned along the way? You know, I think the number one thing is figure out what you're passionate about it's not worth you know coming in every single day and not enjoying what you do you know and and it doesn't mean that you have to um fit a certain mold you know the beauty about this there's a lot of options in this this field you know what i mean or in this industry i should say um and so figure out what you're passionate about i mean there's things about this industry that I personally don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I have the opportunity to pick and choose how much of that I do. You mm-hmm. know, there is a lot of options of things that I can do. Um, you know, maybe I'm not a great sand and finisher. Well, shoot, maybe I'll just do install. You know, maybe I'm great with sand. You know what I mean? I, maybe yeah. I'm a, um, um, maybe, maybe I want, love this work, but I ultimately want to travel and be a rep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like, I feel like that, that should be kind of what you figure out first. Yeah. And then after that, I would say, go learn what you need to do to be the best, best version of that, that would make you content, you know, cause that, that's the big thing too. It's like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, right? Do what you feel is good, is, is going to 
be your, like live your best life, basically. Like figure out how to do that. And if that means investing in a bunch of education to run a rock star business, then do that. Or if it, if it means going to take NWFA trainings to be the best craftsman you can, then do that, you know, or maybe you're just happy with like being the best, you know, just there's a beauty in a basic install, right? We work with beautiful products, right? Or just doing a standard. I mean, I still, my guys will do a basic two and a quarter uh, red oak refinish natural. And I'm like, man, they hit it out of the park. Look at how yeah. flat that floor is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just Absolutely. like, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I just think it's like, man, just, just, you know, just get the beauty of life out of whatever you're doing and just maximize, you know, what brings you joy. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I see, uh, and I worry that you, you'll see a young guy, uh, who came up in the, you know, he say he bought a sander, he bought a used sander because he didn't have much money. He bought a used edge there and a used whatever. And he doesn't have a lot of money and he doesn't have a lot of schooling or, you know, anybody in his corner. And he um, made me think, oh, well, that's great. Matt's real successful, but I'm just me and I don't know. And I think sometimes they don't think they're worth investing in. You know what I mean? And yeah. they are. And, and yeah. it doesn't matter where you start. That's the beauty of this business, man. It don't yeah. matter where you start. If you got a, a willing to learn and work hard, you create your own path. I really believe it, and and um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, you don't, you're not trapped in this trade on nope. on these type of things. You can create, you can be whatever you want to be, and it sounds like BS, but it's really not. It's a matter of what yeah. you want to put into it, and uh, from whatever place in this world you came from, I think that's in this trade you have that opportunity. So you could travel the world. In this yeah. industry, well, look I mean, Rob. look at, yeah. I taught Prime in China, example. man. He was in Vermont the other day. I taught in China. Yes. I was in Rhode yeah. Island this week. Yeah, you were, well, you were the world. You were in Mexico, right? Yeah, I did Mexico. Yeah, China, oh. Canada, and yeah. you. All the fans can't even really get to you because there's so much yeah. security. You know how it is. Yeah. You, well, I don't know if you do know how it is, but maybe you will someday. <laughs> <laughs> when you're as old as Wayne and I. Yeah. Got, yeah. Got, got to help Matter you. of fact, I, I had a guy come up to me in the school this week in Rhode Island. He pulled his phone out and it was the cartoon picture of Wayne and I, you know, on the on the floor picture. And he walks up to me and he goes, is this you? I go, yep, yeah, that, that's me. And he's like, can you autograph this? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Nice. I can't believe it is kind of funny when people ask for autographs. Like, uh, I, I thought he was gonna say, "Man, you look older in person." <laughs> <laughs> no, he was actually he was actually well, pointing to you, and I go, "Yep, that's me." Yep, I get I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. What questions have we not asked you, uh, uh, Matt? Is what what maybe we can uh, while we got you here for? Uh, uh, and I appreciate you being so uh, sharing of, uh, and you do that a lot. Like you said, you people can call you and ask you that. I see you. You also have a blog, right? And uh, yeah, we're, we're just starting it. Yeah. So the, you know, this, the tradesman's curse came from the Woodford business magazine article. And, um, you know, I was talking to Kim Walgren about a lot of things. I think I was getting a little ADD on her, but um, we covered a lot, you know, in this article. And so we thought it would be great to, because this can be honestly overwhelming for somebody. I mean, I'm throwing out a lot of stuff yeah. that we've been working on for years. Right. And my plan, I'm trying to, create some content and some tools where people we can I could cut a lot of the hours that it takes for somebody to do this and I'm yeah. working on building that out and you know I want the industry to benefit from that but um 
uh, the blog is going to be, so this article that just came out and we're for business, um, we got basically seven different types of ways that we manage the business. And we're going to blog on each one of those posts. So, um, yeah, every, so the article just came out recently and every two weeks we're going to post a, uh, a blog on each one of those aspects. So I can go into detail because really what I would love is for people not to go, Oh, that's overwhelming. I just, I can't, you know what I mean? I want people to be like, Hey, if you're interested enough in this, let's just walk, walk this out with me. I'm available too, if you have questions and like, I just want to see people be successful with this. Um, and so we're going to, you know, I'm going to start with workflow, project analysis. And then, you know, so, so this is how the blog is going to go. We're going to do workflow first, project analysis, um, two weeks after that. And then uh, we're going to go into quality standards, KPIs, that's key performance indicators, scorecards, um, performance pay structure, and cash flow projection. So I'm going to go into detail about all of those things to give people ideas. And I, we're building tools for our company that we're in the testing process. Um, we've been re, um, we kind of started with basic versions and now we're getting like some really awesome versions of things. So we're testing that some other companies are testing it. And I really hope that we can, um, uh, help people to be able to take some of the, some of the difficulty out of running a lot of this structure, um, 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 you know, as we're giving this advice and things like that. So that's what partly too why, you know, I am looking for people that, you know, are, are interested in testing and implementing some of this stuff because I want it to be proven. And then I want to uh, yeah. really try to help companies be able to, to grow and not get burned out. Nice. And this again, can be found the blogs are going to be on the uh, wood floor business magazine. Yeah. 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 There's going to be uh, blogs. Yeah. It'll be advertised and things like that. So, um, you know, you can, uh, the, the magazine is available digitally too. Um, and the, the article as well. And so, yeah, yeah. Stay posted. You can follow me, um, on social media, um, or, you know, um, um, get in touch with me. Um, you can look up Craftsman Harder Flooring Center of Texas and ask for me if that's the easiest way to get to me. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I just genuinely want to see people get like have more success because, I don't think that we're really capturing all the potential that we can in this industry. It's like, yeah. wow, there's so many ways that you can be successful. So I got one last question for you is, um, uh, so what's the end game? Where, where, what, what's the, you know, where, what is your, 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 your big picture plans in the industry? To keep growing yeah, the business? Um, yeah. I, I want to create the most successful business that I can for me and the people around me. Um, and then everything that we learn out of that experience, I want to make available for other people to duplicate, because honestly, I'm looking at how much time and money I've spent building all of this up really more time, (laughs) time is money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, I don't want people to have to work so hard to achieve the same thing. Right. Because like I said, there's other industries that have a lot more plug and play type models for this type of structure. And I'm not just inventing this myself. I am literally copy pasting, borrowing and adapting it to what we do. And honestly, if it can save people hassle and they can be more successful, I mean, that would be like, that would be incredible for me. So any way that I can help um, people in that way, I'm, I'm just totally down for, I just, I, I genuinely um, care about that and want to see that happen for people. Don't you find when you, when you teach and you share stuff, you learn more about yourself too. And it helps you by, by oh, yeah. 100% now. Oh yeah. You know, um, I met with three guys, um, 
on a Zoom call, you know, they're pretty well, well-known flooring companies about our structure and I'm showing them our spreadsheets and, you know, getting their feedback and things. And it's like, the feedback I got was just like, oh, great. Cause one of the guys was like, hey, you know, cause I was talking, hey, you know, I want to implement more quality incentives into our structure. Yeah. And I have these ideas and these ideas. One of the guys was like, hey, why don't you do this? And so I'm going, oh man, I love nice. it. And so today nice. my, my brain was just rattling. Ah, cool. Get with cool. my, I got a spreadsheet pro that's basically, you know, does all that for me. And I'm like, I need to get him on the phone. I need to like nice. tweak some nice. things here. Yeah. Because too, I think it's just motivating for the employees to be able to see visually a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're, we're actually putting a literal value, a numerical value on your on the quality that you produce. Yeah. Well, the, your passion uh, just jumps off the page, man. I mean, it's so obvious to see it, and and uh, you'd love to see the, the 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 we say young guys come up in a trade. Rob and I are old, so so I, I I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you, man. And I like your style. I, I love to see this and where it's going to go. And um, I feel like I've uh, I've asked a lot of incredibly insightful questions on this interview. And uh, Rob, thank you. And, yeah, 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 and thank Appreciate you, Rob, for, for for being here. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. All right. Well, hey, man, thank you, Matt, very much. Appreciate making the time and and um um spending some time with us. And I'll tell you what, don't be a stranger. I mean, you if you have a topic you wanna you wanna discuss, uh, you're always welcome. So. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I appreciate it, and I I too, you know, I, I know that this this podcast isn't necessarily like to boost Bona. But it, Bona, when I got in the Santa Finish game, I took the introductory course and I had gotten supported all the way through. I mean, I literally went out and bought all the equipment because I'm like, these people had a very low cost way for me to learn this stuff. And I, I want to do it. And I mean, I became successful very quickly. You know what I mean? By, you know, just following that and getting such great support back. So, I mean, when it, Whenever I've had a great experience with that, I don't think I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for that initial. That was my that was the first like class that I ever took that I I started to catch a vision for something like wow this is this is great you know so I, I just wanted to let you guys know that you know I've always appreciated everything that that you guys do with the regional trainings and the centers. I mean I don't think pe people don't realize the value of that until they get involved. I mean, it's, it was a game changer for me. And just the fact that, I mean, I've been invited, Hey, if you want to try this new project product out, like come up here at the training center, you know, and I, you know, I've been up there a few times and I was just like, man, that's, that is so neat. I mean, I just, I really, I've been extremely grateful for, uh, for all of that, you know, in my career, it, it was yeah. honestly a turning point for me. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I have to say to myself, when I went to uh, the class as a contractor, it was a light lights on experience for me too, man. So thank you, Matt Garcia with uh, Craftsman Hardwood Floors down in San Angelo, Texas. And uh, thank you for making the time. And this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. <laughs>